Hello, everyone. Welcome to my porch. Come on up. Come on up. I have a new tale for you today. It's called The Tale of Traveling with Traumatized Teens. You guys know I love an alliteration. This could also be entitled um, Sadness When You Can't Keep Family Traditions Like You Wanted To or As a Parent. How do you know when to encourage your kids outside of their comfort zone to heal? Or how do you know when to honor that it's a trauma reaction? And then how do you know when it's just plain old adolescence? I don't know either, but I figured I would tell a tale about it and have some fun. Many of you may be wondering, Gwen, where have you been? Are you still procrastinating that other episode you said you would make? I noticed that's not the next one in the lineup. <laughs> that's very astute of you. And thank you for being curious. I've been on vacation. I I have that episode to post. Um, I've got two more edits to make on it, and then I'll uh, I'll drop it probably today, tomorrow, sometime. But I really wanted to get this one out there. Um, I'm having a conundrum of sorts, and I wondered if you guys fall into this too. Um, I'm having the conundrum of my inability, not because of money this time, not because of time this time, not because my body can't do it this time. Um, I'm having the conundrum of not being able to give my kids the gift of family travel the way that I did uh, when when I was growing up. My parents, and as dysfunctional as we were, and I think every dysfunctional family has the ability to function very well somewhere, and we traveled really well. We traveled all over the United States. Uh, Every summer, we traveled uh, to Europe a little bit, and it was really important. My parents thought that that was another part of education. Um, and always made it a priority. And I used to be really, really sad when the girls were younger and I didn't have the money to travel. Then when I had the money to travel the last few years, I haven't had the physical ability to travel. Well, everything came together this summer. I was praying. I had the provision. I had the health. I had everything. So I booked a trip to a place that is on the bucket list and I asked my kids several times, would you like to go to this city? It's going to take this long to drive there. Gave them all the detail. That's great. They both said, yes, sounds like fun. And I planned some activities that I thought that they would enjoy. Um, Booked a hotel, got in the car, loaded up, took the psychiatric service dog with us, and we were off. Everything was fine until we got to the hotel and we checked in. Now, you may not think that this would have been a problem. I didn't think it was going to be a problem because I said to one of my children, I booked a hotel room. Now, I'm not booking a suite. I'm not booking a Airbnb. Um, I'm not doing any of that. What I'm booking is, or like a condo, 
which is what I've done before all the times when we've traveled because I wanted to be sensitive to one of their things that they were traumatized by. Like, okay, a trigger. All right, all right, a trigger. And this time I thought, well, <laughs> it's going to be fine. So I booked a hotel because I wanted to stay longer and I got a great deal. And there were just so many more things to just stay in a regular old hotel. I even made sure that they were two queens, not doubles. And so I said to my children, you guys can share a bed. And if not, the room is kind of like a suite. So it also has a sitting area with a really nice pullout bed and a nice couch if you don't want to share a bed with each other. Well, to that at home, I got yes, yes, yes. Then when we checked in, guess what oldest B said to me? I'm not sleeping in that bed. Um, I never agreed to that. And if I knew, I wouldn't have come. What would you would have done in that moment? When I asked, what is, the, what is your hang up? Okay, I asked it nicer, but I don't have to be nice at the moment because this is you and I. This is from my porch. Um, she said to me, well, you know, dad used to travel so much. Well, it wasn't really travel, you see, because he was homeless most of the time and he didn't have a permanent residence. He used to stay in hotels a lot. And during the time between when he left the woman that kept him the most stable and helped him pass all the tests so that he could have the kids back. Between that time that he left her and the time that he lost custody in 2020, oftentimes he was quote unquote in between residences or did not have an appropriate place to take the children when he had them. Now you may say, when did he take them for overnights and all that mess, Gwen? Well, he would take them generally in the summer when he had an, a whole week or when he had them for their time sharing during the breaks, like Christmas and uh, spring break, Thanksgiving, those kinds of things. And he would put them up in a nice hotel. Uh, he usually had was conning another woman to pay for it. Um, I am not sure sometimes if she was there or she wasn't there. But anyways, the girls had to sleep together in a queen size bed. And they both say that they weren't abused there. There was nothing nefarious that went on. There was nothing terrible that went on in these things other than, I guess, having to just be with him. And so I think that really, that, that I can understand was really difficult for them for a long time. So that's why I used to get other places. Well, it's been years. They're in therapy and they have been both making new memories for themselves. Um, as an example, Little B had a movie that she was watching for her English class. And it was a movie that her dad used to watch a lot and he liked to watch. And because they lived in hotels, 
often that was what she needed to watch. Sometimes he would allow them to be on their tablets, and sometimes he would say, you have to watch the movie that I'm watching. So this particular movie called Cast Away was assigned as part of her English class supplemental uh, viewing to deal to also help the students understand some theming and different things with a book that they had read. And little B thought, oh no, this is the movie that dad always made us watch. What's going to happen? I am going to have to ask for an alternate assignment. It's going to bring back memories. I can't handle it. Well, between the work of her therapist and God and just of her own, like, I want to make new memories. I don't want to be beholden to all of my triggers. I am going to make a new memory and watch the movie with my class. And almost all the kids in her class had not seen the movie. And so she decided how cool it would be for her to know exactly what was going to happen next, to watch the movie through their eyes and their reactions and to make a new memory. And she did. And she set herself free from, I can't watch Castaway because that's what I used to watch and my dad would watch. Well, I think that's fabulous. So I thought, why not make some movie new new movies? Yeah. Why don't we make some new memories at um, on our vacation? Why don't we just stay in a regular hotel room? And the thing that I found myself thinking a lot and saying out loud was, I used to stay with my sister and we would share a queen-size bed when we traveled, and my parents would have the other bed, and that's just how we traveled everywhere. Maybe because that was the 70s and the 80s. Maybe because that was the one place that we sort of functioned well as a family. It's quite a conundrum. And at that moment, I had to decide how to handle it and what to do. I don't know that I handled it in the best way. Um, and since this is just about being honest and being realistic, here's what I did. I turned to my oldest child and I said, um, Google how much a flight is from this airport to that airport later today or tomorrow. If it's under $200, I'm flying you back home. Well, that upset the little bee because she wanted to hang out with her sister and bond and have some fun time. And that upset her that I was willing to send her sister away. You can see the conundrum. Then it was, well, the little bee can sleep in the pullout bed because um, oldest bee, Miss Princess, um, she was refusing. She said, it, again, her thing was, if I knew that I was going to have to sleep in the same bed as her or if I was going to have to sleep on the pullout couch, I wouldn't have come. Is that a snotty teenage reaction? Is that a cluster B in the making? or in the forming, I should say, is that a traumatized kid? I don't know. But my first reaction when 
someone really pisses me off is to push them away, get away from me. And I want to talk to you. I used to be a big fighter, but not anymore. And I feel like that was one of the ways that I survived. And obviously that was the biggest way for me to detach, to get away from a marriage to a person with cluster B personality disorder. But this is my kid. So I looked it up and it was less than $200. And so I said to her, you have a decision to make. You can stay here knowing these conditions, or I will fly you home. Well, <laughs> her response was, I'll think about it for a day or two. And I said, no, that's not the choice. The choice is you think about it for a couple of hours and then you let me know. Again, is this power and control from a traumatized kid? Is this a power and control move from a teenager? Is this power and control move from somebody who's a difficult person? I don't know. It just felt terrible. Well, one of the things that uh, Big B decided was that she would stay and that she would do some things with her sister, that they could go off and sightsee a few things on their own and go to some places. And that was good for about two days. And then when it came time for her to keep her word on going some places with her sister, uh, she reneged on that and said no. And then it was in just a stressful place. But I have to tell you guys, the first night that we were there, I wrestled a lot, didn't sleep well, and wrestled a lot with the idea, have I, am I expecting too much for my kids? Perhaps we should pack up and just go home. Perhaps I overestimated their ability to go along with me keeping a family tradition that's really important to me. Perhaps I overestimated their ability to cope, their ability to be flexible, their ability to go with the flow. And I think you guys can relate to me as a parent that you don't want your kids to suffer. Like they've already suffered enough with this person that they've had to do time sharing with. A parent that's not all there, a parent that doesn't treat them with their best intentions in mind. And so I used to way overcompensate by making sure that all their needs were met and that nothing was ever stressful. And guess how that worked out? Terrible. Because then they didn't get the coping skills that they needed in order to deal with stressful stuff because I can't be controlling everything. So luckily I learned that lesson fairly quickly, but it's, it was hard to undo a few young years of that formation. It really was when I invited a lot of other people to help me, like therapists, like my parents, like friends that I trusted. Um, it wasn't until then that I was really okay with not being like what's called the lawnmower parent. And the lawnmower parent means that you go ahead and you pave the grass nicely for them. And that way they don't have any obstacles or any problems in their way because see, they've had enough problems. But that doesn't toughen up their legs. That doesn't toughen up their muscles. That doesn't toughen up their abilities to cope and to deal. 
So I really was thinking, have I kept them in their comfort zone for too long? And we know that comfort zones are wonderful. They're great, but they're a place of restoration and healing. They're not a place of growth. And in order to grow, you got to be uncomfortable. And I don't know why, but that's just the way that, that it is. So the next morning when I woke up, I shared with them and I said, you guys, I don't know if I've, I've overestimated this. I, I think I may have made a mistake as a parent. Can you handle this? Can you be here? And both of them said to me, yes, it was a lot of change and it was a lot of stress. And then the restaurant that we went to when we first got there was a pub or a sports bar type place. It was the only thing open around that we could find that was close. And I guess that that, that also reminded them of their dad. And so maybe it was too many triggers. Maybe it just wasn't staying in a hotel room and making new memories, being on a legitimate vacation, being on travel, being on holiday. Yes, it's in the summer. You know, let's let's try to do this. Um, other than feeling like they were staying in another house or in like a condo um, that has multiple bedrooms. And they both said that they would be willing to be flexible. And I have one child who really embraces a lot more change and really recognizes that. And I have a another child who doesn't. I have one child who explodes about things and I have another child that implodes. So bottom line is, I don't, I don't really know if it was a good choice, if it was a bad choice, what I did. What I do know is that we went. What I do know is that we did do a few things that were fun together. I do know that I provided my kids with the opportunity to have a vacation and to make the best of it. Now, you may be wondering, Gwen, <laughs> are you going to go on a vacation again at the end of summer? I don't know at this point is my best answer. I don't know. We have a tradition of going to a beach town the week before school goes back to vacation or goes back in session. And we always get a condo. And can I go there and do that? Yeah. Is it known? Yes. Is it comfortable? Yes. Does it accommodate everybody with their own room? Yes. I don't know if it's going to accommodate my budget this year. I don't know if I want to go. Something to definitely think about. Now you may ask, Gwen, are you guys going to travel again? Um, I'm not sure. And I think the reason why I'm hesitating so much is because I'm left with this looming sadness over our trip. This looming sadness of, did I get robbed again? Did my kids get robbed again? Are we still living in the shadows? Are we still living within the grip of 
him. And that feels sad and it feels frustrating and it feels defeating. And that makes me shirk down and just want to give up. Luckily, though, I've learned to become resilient over the years, and I do have a lot of resiliency. And so I may temporarily give up. I may temporarily say, we're never traveling again. I may temporarily say, um, we're not doing this. I may temporarily say, never another regular type of hotel room. But you know what? Um, I'm resilient. And on this issue, I don't think I'm going to give up. On this issue... I think it's going to take more talking, more discernment, more talks with my kids and seeing what our options are, what they think they can handle. Um, and perhaps, perhaps it's something in my uh, midlife crisis that I'm working my way through. Perhaps travel is one of those things that will keep getting scooted off till that later in life thing. So I'm wondering as we wrap up our time on the porch here for this episode, what your conundrum is, what you've been wrestling with, what there is no clear cut answer on what to do or guidelines or what formula to follow. What, family traditions do you really enjoy that you aren't able to keep because they're all mixed up with triggers and bad memories and you don't want to upset your kids but yet you want them to not be robbed of the joy of really um good experiences So thank you so much for joining me on this episode, and we'll see you next time. XO, XO, Gwen.